Hello and welcome back to the Worldly Spoilers, 100 Films, 100 Podcasts. My name is Matt Bazell. And my name is Ethan Knight. And this week we watched number 57 on AFI's Top 100 of American Films, 1976's Rocky. Rocky. Ethan. Matt. I feel like this is one of the films we've been waiting for for a very long time. Yes, I love Rocky. You love Rocky. It's very iconic. It apparently has every trope that we know and love today. And what it looks like is that, you know, Rocky kind of did a lot of these things first. Oh, yeah. So why don't we just stop talking about it and talk about it? Okay. Does that mean that I should do a plot synopsis? I think it is. <laughs> okay. Rocky is the story of Rocky Balboa, a down-on-his-luck boxer and debt collector in Philadelphia. While Rocky has dreams of being a champion, the real heavyweight champion in the world, Apollo Creed, prepares for a big fight on the bicentennial New Year's. However, his opponent injures his hand and cannot fight, and no other professional boxer will take on Creed. He decides to turn the fight into a show and give an upstart no-name a chance at the title. He chooses Balboa based on his moniker, the Italian Stallion. While Rocky is initially reluctant to fight, he accepts the challenge, which pays well. Meanwhile, Rocky is also courting his friend Paulie's sister, Adrian, who works at a pet store. Though she is initially cold to his advances, she warms up and the two begin to date. Polly, who drinks heavily, becomes jealous of Rocky's fame and begins a violent fight with his sister in front of Rocky. Adrian moves in with Rocky as a result. Polly and Rocky make up eventually, with Rocky helping promote the meat packer who employs Polly. Rocky's gym manager, Mick, who has previously been hostile to him, comes around to offer to help him win and professes that he sees great potential in Rocky. This upsets Balboa, who angrily asks him where he's been over the last several years that Rocky stagnated. He eventually takes him up on his offer. As the fight nears, Rocky tells Adrian that he knows he probably won't win, but has a desire to go the distance with Creed in order to prove himself. At the fight itself, Creed makes a big show of an entrance, dressed as George Washington and then as Uncle Sam, Balboa, on the other hand, is serious. The fight begins, and Rocky knocks Creed down immediately, being the first man to do so. Creed begins to take the fight seriously, but Rocky turns out to be a formidable opponent. They fight for the full 15 rounds, and Creed wins in a split decision. As the crowd goes wild, Adrian appears, and Rocky calls out for her. As she runs to him, it becomes clear that the outcome of the fight doesn't matter to the two, and they profess their love. Ethan, Matt, I have a really important question. There's a lot to talk about in this film, but I think this yes. takes precedence. How come there was never a late 70s, early 80s TV show where Rocky trains and fights to become the world heavyweight champion while also, and this is what most of the episodes would be about, <laughs> him being a neighborhood cop solving like neighborhood troubles with a colorful <laughs> cast of characters week to week? You know what? I'm now that you mention that, I'm actually kind of surprised that they did not make such a television series because they really do set it up very well for something like that. I just really want a weekly installment of Rocky showing up and telling kids not to smoke and then also preparing for the big fight. Except that all of his advice is laced with 
far too heavy adult themes for the children. Like, don't hang around with the boys who smoke because they'll think you're a whore. And you don't want to be a whore, right? And also, don't hang out with those people. (laughs) They're coconuts and lemons and a tomato. (laughs) He always calls people round fruits. And, oh, and of course, uh, Bubkiss could be his nice little sidekick. You know, that's his actual dog. Is that was that really his dog? In the credits, it's listed as Bud Kiss Stallone. Oh my God! Now let me tell you this: Do you remember the turtles quiz? What were the turtles' names? Do you remember? Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link are the kind of turtles that live to be like eighty years old. They make an appearance in the two thousand and six, like the four hundredth sequel to this movie, um, Rocky Balboa. Uh, they make an appearance, and they are played by the same turtles. Oh, my god! Those motherfucking turtles are still alive. One thing I will say about the Rocky series, which, by the way, this is my first time ever seeing any Rocky film, but having done some cursory research into it, there's Rockies 1 through 5, Rocky Balboa, then Creed, and then Creed 2's coming out sometime soon. Oh, right? they're going to do a Creed 2? I think that's been greenlit somewhere, I've heard. Interesting. There are a thousand sequels. Of all this, they, they have like a, a crazy knack of getting back the actors for these roles. It's insane. Yes, except for, I just read this today, in Rocky Balboa, they bring back a bunch of characters from Rocky that are like side characters, and they needed to use some archival footage of Apollo Creed, even one of the many sequels dies at one point, and Carl Weathers would not allow them to use the archival footage of him for some sort of flashback because he wanted a role in the movie even though his character is dead Carl you Weathers. can't have a role you're dead i don't know about that I, I i've heard that this series of films goes some places and have you heard the story about how carl weathers got the part no how did carl weathers get the part he was doing a little scene with mr stallone and they were fighting and Carl Weathers accidentally punches him in the face, and Stallone gets kind of mad at him. And then Carl Weathers is like, "Look, can you just give me the actor out here so I can, you know, do a better job, and he'll do a better job?" And the director's like, "That is the actor. That's the writer and the star of this film." And Carl oh, Weathers just looks at him for a second and says, "Maybe he'll get better." And and Stallone offers him no. the job right then. Well, there you go. I mean, Sylvester Stallone is not a great actor. Let's no. just put that out there. But to be Rocky, you don't have to really act. You, he, It's just Sylvester Stallone. What I think is amazing about this film is that it was made as something of a result of Stallone's frustration as a failed actor. And he rightfully identifies that an audience isn't going to want to watch a failed struggling actor slash writer in a story about their life. But they will watch a down-and-out underdog sports film. So he does that, writes a script, it gets made, and it's a, it's a huge hit, right? Wins the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yeah. And and I believe that its budget was quite small, maybe only a million dollars, I think. It's 1.1 million. And it made back, oh, so much, loads of cash. I think the two producers that are named, it's like their company is their names, right? Right. They had to yeah. mortgage their houses to get that last point one million dollars, so a hundred thousand dollars, and wow. 
yeah so it's like a big they really had to believe in that and wow yeah let me let me tell you that 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 mortgage paid off heck yeah (laughs) and then Sylvester Stallone gets to be in all sorts of crazy crap after that that's true so Ethan Matt you did something uncharacteristic the other day tell me you texted me and said I have a prediction that you're really gonna love certain parts of this film and you're really gonna hate other parts ah I think it'd be yes. really interesting if you let our listeners know, and me know, because it's the first time I'd be hearing it as well, what you meant by that, and then we'll see if it matched up to reality. I am already surprised that it's very clear that you like this movie, although also not. So I knew you were going to love the the fighting and the his little hero's quest that he does. I knew you were going to love that. I did not think that you would care for the romance. I think that you were going to say that Rocky is a rapey, rapey creep. So that was probably my guess as to what you were talking about. Because there is a scene for our listeners that Adrian and Rocky finish their date. It's a nice date, right? And we'll talk about that more later. But they go back to his apartment. He kind of cajoles her into coming in. They get inside. She says, look... I really should go. I've never been in an apartment with a man by myself before. This isn't a good look. I should just leave. I need to leave. And then Stallone's character, Rocky, I mean, they're, they're kind of identical for me right now. The, the same. They are the same. He tells her to take off her glasses, right? Does that perfect, what's the cultural touchstone for our age group? Princess Diaries, Anne Hathaway, uh, has yeah, to take definitely. the glasses off and straighten her hair. And he tells her to take the hat off. And he's like, you're beautiful. And she's like, stop messing with me. So I'm not messing with you. And this is why he has her physically restrained by putting his massive arms on either side of the door frame. So she can't go anywhere. And he locks, when he locks the door, it's like six locks. Yeah. I mean, it's also a bad part of the neighborhood. Yes. And his apartment is, there are knives sticking out of everything. There's a machete that's his coat hook, which I thought was really cool. Yes. It's a very much, it's very much a bachelor pad, but it's also a shithole. It is a shithole, definitely. So he coerces her in this way, and then they kiss, and she finds out she really likes it and has this sexual awakening, and the two obviously have sex, right? Of course, it's a 1976 film. We're not given anything other than a camera cutaway, but it's understood that the two have consummated their relationship on the first date. Well, you don't. Th- you don't think so? I don't know, because later Adrian sleeps in the bed while he sleeps on the couch, and Rocky is such a good guy that I don't know that he would that he would do that. He, I would think that maybe Rocky has some sort of moral qualms. Because we see throughout this whole thing, and this is why I think that I was prepared to defend Rocky, uh, because he is kind of a creep a little bit, but he's just so dumb. He's just such a goon. Uh, and he has a strong moral center that I don't, I just don't know that he would do that. So you bring up a good point, and I think there is some room to say they did or they didn't during that moment. Eventually, we learn from Polly's drunken outburst that they have had sex, right? That she's busted, that she's not a virgin. I don't know, though. Oh, you you, you think that even that isn't? You can't take that for granted? Well, Polly's an asshole. Polly is a problem, by the way. Yeah, not a good guy. And so that seems like something he would say. I mean, no one ever says yes or no. But again, there's that weird thing where she sleeps in the bed and he sleeps on the couch. Yeah. And so I don't right. know if that's maybe to tell us that 
that's just to show how bad of a guy Polly is. That like all that matters to Polly is that his sister's a virgin, and if she's not, then she's worthless to him. And blah blah, because he's right. just such an ass. Well, because he sees her as a commodity, and he has, she has value to him insofar as right. he can pawn her off her marriage. And there's like a whole you assume sort of some sort of dowry situation, which is actually also what comes into being when he sells uh, Rocky's, what is it? I forget what they're called. They're like robes, satin gown, yeah. whatever it is he dances out in, in the fight. Has Shamrock Meats Incorporated on the back and Paul right, gets $3,000 for that, which is basically a dowry in effect, right? Yeah, I guess so. And Rocky gets to keep the robe and he gets to keep $3,000. But I read on the internet, and I didn't catch this, and I've seen this movie several times. Apparently, Rocky gets $150,000 just to fight. Yeah, man. His payday is $150,000. I Did I miss that? Do they say that it explicitly? It happens really early on in the film. Maybe I had gotten up to get some popcorn. It's when he's know. on that TV interview where Creed's oh. making fun of him, and he's like, Hey, yo, Adrian. I'm on TV. I just want to give a shout-out to my girlfriend, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. I'm on the TV. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a good Sylvester Stallone impression. Nothing like Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse movie podcast. He has an incredible Stallone impersonation. <laughs> I highly recommend that show for whenever Sylvester Stallone happens to pop by and Elliot, Elliot happens to step out of the room. <laughs> but, so, yeah, there's this big issue with Polly and... What we're talking about here is Adrian and Rocky's relationship, whether or not they've consummated it. I actually assumed that they had throughout the film, but you make a good argument as to why they wouldn't. But your argument about him not really being a creep because he's just so dumb, I actually have a note that I'm looking at right here in my notebook that says, you know, this would be really problematic if Rocky just weren't so stupid. Yeah. That you're just like, he's like, oh, pretty lady, I like you. And I just like you. I don't know what else to do. And I don't know if this is weird. And he's, you know, he's not really, he's certainly not woke, but he's also right. doesn't seem to pose the same amount of harm that if Polly did the same thing, if like any other actor in, right. in this film would do that, it's certainly still problematic, right? Gives people maybe perhaps wrong ideas about relationships and what's acceptable. But we do see Adrian come into her own after this. She has like a awakening as a person. She stops being shy. She's more direct. She's strong. After Polly's outbreak, she has this really strong, like she shouts back. She punches him and says like, look, I'm moving in with you. Is that cool? Basically, right? Yeah. And yeah. Rocky's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you're like, that's really awesome that she's getting what she wants out of life and is no longer under the thumb of Polly. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the, the problem, if we're going to be really critical of it, is that at the end of the day, it's really one man keeps her down and another man is the means to her coming into her own. But Rocky is just, I mean, he's just looking out for everybody. Even if he doesn't realize that maybe he shouldn't say the word whore 14 times to like a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rocky, neighborhood cop, looking out for everybody. But I think at the same time, you can argue that whoever she's having sex with, she's having this awakening through sexual identity and sexual power and her yeah, embracing definitely. that sexuality is a positive thing and because she has yeah. sex with a man it, that's inconsequential yeah i can i can get behind that so ethan we've talked a bit already but maybe we should turn to our pivotal scene sure so i could have picked five or six different scenes throughout this film 
but the one I settled on was the ice rink date between Rocky ah, and yes. Adrian because it says a lot of really interesting things about the film. We, this is about what, maybe halfway through the film, a little bit earlier than that. It's the first time we get the idea that Rocky himself understands that he's not very smart. Mm-hmm. And all he does is talk about fighting and he's just so adorably dumb. You know, it's just so endearing. He's like, oh, you like skating? Well, you know, I started fighting when I was 15. It's like everything goes back to fighting for him because that's simply <laughs> all he knows, right? Yes. And we also get the dialogue about his father saying, look, you're a dumb kid. You need to learn to use your body. And Adrian laughs and says, my mom told me the opposite, right? That she, mm-hmm. that I don't have a good body. I better start using my brain, right? Which I think it's a beautifully crafted couple set of sentences because it says so much about gender and gender expectations and social acceptability yeah, from a film, that, a sports film. You just wouldn't expect this. Right. So I want to play this audio because I think this is where this film has fully won me over by this point. But even up to this, before this point, I've been laughing at a, a variety of these not quite jokes, but they're just, well, I mean, Rocky's animal jokes are pretty funny in a way that you're like, this guy's just an idiot. But let's take a listen. Aren't you skating? No, I ain't skating since I was 15. You know, that's when I started fighting when I was 15. Skating's kind of bad for the ankles, you know? Yeah. You're a pretty good skater, aren't you? <laughs> you know, like I was saying before on the way over here, you know, fight used to be tossing me, but no more, you know? See, all I wanted to do out of fight was prove I was no bum that I had the stuff to make a good pro, you know? You never got the chance. Oh, hey, you know, I ain't crying about it because I still fight. I kind of do it like a hobby. See, I'll tell you what the trouble is. You see, I'm a southpaw. What's a southpaw? Oh, southpaw means you're left-handed. And a southpaw throws your timing off, you see? Other guys, it throws their timing off, makes them look awkward. Nobody wants to look awkward. You know where southpaw came from? Nine huh? minutes. I'll tell you, a long time ago, there was this guy, maybe a couple hundred years ago, he was fighting in the, uh, he was fighting around, I think it was around Philadelphia. And his arm, he was left-handed, his arm was facing towards New Jersey, you see? And that's South. So the natural, they call him South Paw, you see? South Paw, South Jersey, South Camden, South Paw. You know what I mean? I don't know, things probably worked out for the best, don't you think? Never got a chance, though, because you're left-handed, huh? Well, that's absolutely true, you know? Watch out, watch out. Ah, ah, ah. I just dislocated my finger. Ah. Look at that. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, wait, hey, hey, it ain't your fault. Look, see? Look, I had it. It's all, it's an old wound. You see that? Look. See? Nothing. It bends like that. See, I originally done it. Look, push the button. Bong. It works. No, it ain't your fault. Look, I'm going to show you something. Seven minutes. Yeah, I originally, I originally done it. I carry pictures of all my fights. I originally done it in the baby Crenshaw fight. You see that? Big baby's about the size of an airplane. I broke both my hands on his face. I lost that fight, but that's a nice picture, don't you think? See how it works there? Real nice. Uh, come on, you having a good time? I'll tell you, you can see I ain't too graceful, you know what I mean? I don't move well. But I'll tell you, I can really swat, you know what I mean? I can really hit hard. But I'm a southpaw, and nobody wants to fight no southpaw, you know what I mean? Huh? Woo! You know how I got started in fighting? Huh? No. Am I talking too loud? Three no. minutes! My father, he's, uh... My old man, he was never too smart. He says to me, you weren't born much of a brain, you know, so uh, you better start using your body, right? So I've become a fighter. Oh, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Why you, why you left? My mother, she said the opposite thing. What'd she say? What'd she say the opposite? She said you weren't born much of a body, so you better develop your brain. Did she say that? You, time. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Why do you want to fight? Because I can't sing or dance. Okay, so you get the idea. Sylvester Stallone, not a great actor, but a wicked writer. Yeah, a pretty good writer. I think if we have made it clear, he wrote the screenplay for this and had a lot of, of, let's say, creative freedom in the production of the film itself, right? There was a director and a director of photography, but it seemed like they really did work with him to make this work. I don't think he ever sold the rights to this film either, so I think he made the most profit from this. Yeah, good on you, Sylvester. Yeah, I mean, to know that you've got a vision to see it through and to have confidence in that despite money problems... Mm-hmm. Are there things that you want us to focus on and maybe thematically we haven't touched on yet? Well, I mean, we obviously should probably address this idea of the American dream, um, which at the end of the day, really interestingly, I mean, as much as this movie is about the sports, the the boxing, the fighting, right? At the end of the day, it's really not about that. It's about Rocky and Adrian. So, because I mean, at the end of the day, he does, you know, you would think that this movie would end, uh, or a lesser version of this movie would end, um, with Rocky winning and fame and fortune and the whole thing and the girl and, and whatever. Uh, but he doesn't, right? Even though, and he talks about the one thing he wants to do is go the distance, which is to fight all 15 rounds, right? He doesn't want to, you know, get knocked down. Mm hmm. And so there's, I mean, this is about, you know, the American dream. This is about the, you know, and th- and that's a, a, a pretty explicit theme in the film with this whole bicentennial plot, right? The idea that Apollo Creed is going to take a common man and elevate him and give him a shot and blah, blah, blah. But interestingly, it's not, he doesn't win, right? He loses at the end of it. But what he does win is Adrian, which is what he really wants at, at the end of the day anyway. Yeah, and we have a lot of this American dream imagery floating throughout the film. One of the potential candidates for a pivotal scene that I was looking at is Creed coming with this big idea of let me find a nobody, give him a shot, and basically, you know, you too can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and become the world heavyweight champion, right? Right. And we also have this very WrestleMania-esque entrance where Apollo Creed is dressed as George Washington throwing money to the crowd. It's right. this modern spectacle. He's seeing it as a show, and I think his corner man, after round one, says he doesn't know this is a show. He thinks this is a fight. You know, put him down, make right. him make him realize that he's made a mistake. But Rocky's not buying into it, right? Rocky is being taken advantage of by the advertiser Jurgens. Rocky points yeah. out, "Hey, you got my shorts wrong on the advertisement." Jurgens like, "It doesn't really matter, does it?" I'm sure you're still going to give us a great show, which, as it turns out, that was a real mistake by the prop department. And Salome was like, well, let's draw attention to it (laughs) instead of away from it. And it worked into this really interesting line about the commercialism of the fight and the fact that everyone's out to take a piece from him, but he's doing things for his own reason. So his he's not being appropriated in the same way that people are trying to use him. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's kind of the moral of the story here is that if you, if you're earnest and you really try hard, even when you know that you don't have to, you can get what you want, right? Like, because what he wants isn't to win. He knows he's not going to win. Um, he know he just wants to be able to fight and prove that he can do it. Uh, and and he wants Adrian, right? And he does everything throughout this film with an earnestness and a kindness uh, that I think the film is trying to tell us to emulate. Uh, Apollo Creed wins ostensibly, but, you know, he's taken down a notch. I mean, he thinks that this is going to be an easy thing for him, um, and, and he gets his ass beat. He falls down in the first round. So, you know, and, and he's this sort of gaudy character who's you know he's in the, these ridiculous outfits you know he's always on tv stay in school kids you know stay in school kids uh and all this sort of thing you know he's there to exploit rocky um and again he wins but it's not a good victory it's not a you know a, a, po a positive form and this is of course what spawns the 700 sequels that come after um, because I think throughout the fight they keep telling each other there's not going to be a rematch, and I think there are maybe like three rematches in the future. <laughs> yeah, the moment you're talking about happens at the end where Creed has, we assume, won. We find out he won by split decision, which is really, I mean, anyone could have won that. So split decision is not the decisive victory that anyone was looking for, certainly not a knockout. And... Rocky's hanging off him and Creed's like, ain't going to be no rematch. And he's saying it in such a way that we understand that this is actually Creed's defeat, that he can't go fight against Rocky again because he knows he'll lose because the cost it it took to beat Rocky was just so great, right? He's got a bunch of broken ribs and his corner yeah. man in round 14, at the end of round 14 is, is trying to say, look, we're going home. You are damaging yourself way too much. And this guy's got you beat. And he's like, no, 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 no. I've got to, I've got to see it through. And Creed is a smart man, right? At the beginning of the film, he's got this great idea. He's very smart. He's very charismatic. And that's why he's so successful in this capitalist enterprise, this idea of a show as opposed to a sport. But yeah. Rocky is just homegrown Philadelphia, old school. I'm going to fight and try to win. He gets caught up in the rhetoric of winning, it seems like, for the montage aspects of the film. But then he has that mm -hmm. sobering moment where he says, I can't win. And here's a more realistic goal. And I think that's such a beautiful scene. I also really like his soliloquy when he's just shouting at Mickey as Mickey's left the house. And he's talking about the fact that Mickey has taken advantage of him or at least thrown him to the side when something better came along. And now he's calling back when there's all this money on the line. And Rocky's still been there languishing, really. And I just think it's it's such a very powerful scene. The fact there's a soliloquy in Rocky is pretty insane. Yeah, it's... It, it, this movie's got everything. It really does. Uh, just about everything you could want in a in a good, you know, popcorny film. You know, it's got love and boxing, and you know, it asks us questions about gender expectations. Um, it asks us about you know, the American dream, what hard work is. I mean, there's just so much going on in this film. Uh, there's really no wonder it won the best picture award it also touches a little bit on race i mean it doesn't delve too deeply yes. into it but i think that it brings it up is important too it doesn't try to hide the fact that 
this is a white man versus a black man in the bicentennial fight. Right. But Ethan, I think I'd like to read you my thesis for this film. Yeah, go ahead. So Rocky is the prototypical story of the sports underdog, but where its later imitations seek to console audiences with the victory of their protagonist or protagonists, Rocky deconstructs the value of winning without the life beyond the ring. I think this is something we've touched on already, but like you mentioned, it's not about winning the fight. He wants to go the distance. He does. And then immediately looking for Adrian, right? People are trying to put the microphone in his face and he's just yelling, Adrian, 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 yo, Adrian, Adrian, Rocky. And then they tell each other that they love one another. It's just a beautiful moment. Almost brought me to I tears. I love you, Adrian. It's a very, very well done <laughs> final climactic moment. And I think it really hammers home that this film is not about boxing at all. There's like maybe 10 minutes of boxing in the entire film. And it right. was the most boring part of the film for me. I, I was way more interested. And that's why I think I, I digress from you a little bit is that I don't think this is necessarily a popcorn film. I think this is like an actual sit down, pay attention. There's important stuff going on here. This is art in the way True. it's deconstructing our ideas of narrative, specifically sports narrative. Yeah, and I, I mean, it is a little unfair to call it a popcorn film, um, but it does, it can function as one on some level, I think, is maybe what I am getting at, right? It's mm-hmm. not all that it is, but it definitely does scratch that itch. Um, but there's more to it, right? Which is really the mark of a good film, right? Is that it works on several levels. Yeah, I think what I'm pointing at specifically is that if you went to the theater to watch a boxing film, Rocky is not really the film that you need to see. True. Although there is, I mean, the boxing parts are good. They're not bad. It's just that's not really what the film's about. And if you're there to watch a film about boxing or sports struggle, I think you are watching the wrong film. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan, should we turn to our three questions? Let, Let us, please. Do we care about this film? Yeah, who doesn't, right? I mean, it it's just such an iconic film. Um, it's part of the cultural uh, milieu now. You know what I mean? It you, you have to. It's everywhere, um, and it's a good film. And it does it does sports films well. Yeah, I would agree with that. This film, I was really kind of dreading because it had been hyped up so much. We all know the satirizations of it and all the tropes that come out of it and i was like oh boy this film is not gonna live up to this and i'm just not gonna like it it's gonna be a bad experience and i was very pleasantly surprised that i had quite the opposite i was really enamored of this film and it's probably one of my favorites now like as crazy as that sounds yeah no it's it's fantastic it really lives up to it and it it is very rewatchable very rewatchable so let's ask this question then what do we owe to rocky Oh my god, there are so many sports movie tropes in this that either originate here or are done best here mm-hmm. that it is I mean we we can even think about just the the training montage. I mean, this training montage is the training montage to end all training montages. It is perfect. There's it's it, it does it all right. It's got the music, it's got the right cuts. Uh, you know, it shows us just enough. It's not too long, it's not too short. Um, well, it shows us a story, too. We've got him running up the steps the first time, and it's in the dark, and he is so tired, he can't do it, right? He's not in shape. 
and then it shows him do it as the sun is rising, right? So the proper thematization and the victorious music, and he's up there dancing on top of the steps, and it's just a really iconic training montage. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, and I mean, just this idea of the big opponent that lets the little guy in. I mean, it, it's just to try to trace the spider web of connections to this movie, homages, parodies, uh, copycats would be a, a fairly insurmountable task. Right. There are so many lines of dialogue that are just, we hear all the time today that have been completely yes. ripped from this film. He drinks the glass of raw eggs that, you know, that was something that I think I knew beforehand. There's just so much here. We've got the, bespectacled beauty that has to come out of her shell and both of them together. Well, one thing I think I really liked that I forgot to mention earlier was that Polly's asking Rocky's intentions with his sister. And he's like, they fill gaps, right? We both have mm-hmm. gaps. We fill each other's gaps. It's a really good, that's such like a well done symbiotic way of looking at relationships. And yeah. I think it's just all done so well. It hits all the right notes. Yeah, I think so. This is so. also one of the first times that Steadicam was used. When he's oh, really? running up the steps, that was one of the first times it was used. The creator of it filmed his girlfriend walking up some stairs. He followed her up there with the Steadicam to illustrate it, right? Sort of like a tech demonstration through mm-hmm. film. And the director saw that and was like, we need that. We need that in this film. So one of the first times it was in a feature film. Wow. So there you go. Popularity of Steadicam even. Wow. Ethan, does this film hold up? Yes, there's not a question. This film is, as I said before, it is infinitely rewatchable. It holds up completely. Now, it is very much set in the 1970s, without a doubt. Um, But it is not the kind of dating that is bad for a film. Uh, It gives it its character. It's 1970s Philadelphia, right? Uh, And that is, is all part of the larger narrative. Um, you know, it doesn't try to be some, I think it it becomes timeless because it's not trying to be timeless and it's set in a point, right? It wears its age well, I think. Yes, it does. Absolutely. That is, yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, the only thing that seems problematic is the sex or not sex scene with Adrian. But as we talked about, I think we've made some good arguments as to why that can be either forgiven or seen as less problematic or dangerous than it initially appears. And yeah. I mean, it's certainly interesting to compare that to a 2018 mindset, you know, with all the shit that's been happening in Hollywood specifically, but also elsewhere, undoubtedly, has been really interesting. But the fact that that still survives that kind of assault is really interesting yeah that yeah yeah i agree so i I mean it's it's hard to say something bad about rocky because he's just so adorable and stupid yes (laughs) with a heart of gold so ethan this film passes the test i enjoy it it. it's probably can i say this my favorite film we've watched on this list so far Wow, that is something. That is something. And I'm expecting a similarly iconic experience next time when we come back to AFI's top 100 list with number 56 and Jaws. Ah, yes. And now, you, 
you've never seen that one either, nope, have you? Have not seen Jaws either. Jesus Christ, where have you been living? Under this rock of mine. That makes sense. We will be back next week on Patreon for the patrons of the arts. Ethan, I'm thinking let's do something of a companion piece to this. Let's right. see one of Rocky's imitations, a film that I liked a lot, and let's see if it holds up as well. Let's watch Warrior. War- what is Warrior? It stars Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, two actors that have featured on other Patreon episodes. Oh, is this a, this is, he's a boxer or something? And it's, it's a mixed martial arts movie. And he doesn't he get shot or his kid gets shot or somebody gets shot? I'm not sure anyone gets shot in that film, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I might have seen a trailer for it. I, there are a million fighting movies that all have the same. They all look the same on the outside. Right. And I think that's why it's really interesting to take a look at this one because I thought this one was pretty good when I saw it way back in the day. And I think it'll be nice to play it off of Rocky and see what it took from it and where it departs. And I think that'll tide us over until we get to Jaws. All right. Sounds good to me. So until next time, I've been Matt Bazell. And I am Ethan Knight. And there will be spoilers. Yo, Adrian! There will be spoilers! Ya tomato. Ya tomato. There Will Be Spoilers 100 Films 100 Podcasts was created and hosted by Matt Bazell and me, Ethan Knight. Matt Bazell produces our episodes each week. Our music was created by the strange and unusual Breakmaster Cylinder who you can find all over the internet. Our artwork was created by Becca Knight, who can be found on Twitter at Becca the Knight, and that's Knight with a K. You can follow There Will Be Spoilers on Twitter at SpoilersCast, and you can hear more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like our podcast, you can support us on Patreon for $5 a month at patreon.com slash spoilerscast. Your donation gives you access to two extra bonus episodes a month. Thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for more spoilers.